defining and really getting to the point of like, do I know what my ideals are? Do I know what I stand for? Do I know what I want in my life? What would ideally be happening? Okay, now let's start to ease our way into those things at a rate that they understand and that keeps them at a manageable stress level so they can hang with it long enough for those things to become habits. Without that kind of coaching, they go balls to the wall on and everything, change their diet overnight, go see a personal trainer, go to the client, you know, and then they burn out and they wonder why they burnt out. And it's like, because that's not going to make you happy. You know what I mean? So it's this great irony. I was talking to a client last week of, you have to understand that it, momentary discomfort, in other words, not eating the very most beautiful, wonderful tasting food at every given moment is going to make you more uncomfortable and happier at the same time. That's one of life's great ironies. Like not doing the drug is gonna make you happier. The drug will make you feel better in the moment, but giving that up and being less comfortable in the moment is actually gonna deliver you a happier life, which is about day to day. And that's a tough sell for people, right? Because they wanna feel that good right there all the time. And it's usually a recipe for disaster. Welcome back to the Yogi Triathlete Podcast. We are Jess and BJ, and we are on a mission to create a better world. We are here 100% to assist athletes who are ready to step it up and look at what they are contributing to the world each day through their thoughts, words, and actions. Because we believe as we clean up our inner house, our outer house will also be better. When we become more aware and take action on what we see within ourselves that is keeping us from joy, we allow for more flow, more authentic expression, and above all else, more happiness. Beej and I are fired up to have Sid Garza Hillman back in the house today and perhaps a little extra pumped on account of his new book, The Sixth Truth, Live by These Truths and Be Happy, Don't, and You Won't. Plain and simple are a few of the reasons why we love this guy. Sid is also author of Approaching the Natural, A Health Manifesto, and Raising Healthy Parents, Small Steps, Less Stress, and a Thriving Family. He graduated from UCLA with a BA in philosophy. He is a public speaker, podcast host, certified nutrition, small steps coach, race director of one of the only vegan ultras in the country, Mendocino 50K, and perhaps even more importantly, podcast guest of YTP 52, launched in May of 2017. So enough of this one-sided chat. I cannot wait to dive into this convo. Sid, buddy, welcome back to the show. Thank you. It's so good to see you guys. It really is. I was ex really excited to, oh to my I've gosh. been like a, I've like a giddy school kid all night. Yeah, we've been giddy too. Yeah, only four more hours. <laughs> <laughs> Two more sleeps. Two more sleeps. One more sleep. Slow breathing, slow breathing. <laughs> I know. And then here we are. And we just, yeah. uh, we just threw down a podcast before we hit record. So I don't know. We kind of think in this one might be junk, but we'll see what happens. Yeah, we got nothing. We burnt through every bit of information. <laughs> it was a four hour lead up of, of chatter before the podcast started. <laughs> totally. So sorry. Sorry for your listeners. So BJ and I have both read the book, The Sixth Truth. We mm. love it. It's Thank totally you. our language with Thank a you. lot of different words than what we use. Um, the way that you articulate there's there's themes throughout every single one of these six truths that are the same, but the way that you articulate kind of the same thing over and over again, I think helps people grasp it um, from different ways of of you know what their perspective is. But the when it all comes down to it, it's like something I always say. It's like the work is always the same. Yeah, you know, it's always the same. It's very very simple. That doesn't mean it's easy. 
It doesn't mean it's easy, but it's very simple. And um, gosh, there's I have so many notes from the book, and we're going to just start diving into them. But my first question is, how did this book come about? Well, um, I'm a longtime, as you know, coach of nutrition, and now I'm a certified running coach, so getting into that and some oxygen. I'm an oxygen advantage breathing instructor, so I'm kind of folding all that into my small steps approach. And um, just working with people, realizing, you know, we sometimes get distracted by diets. We sometimes get distracted by uh, a number of quick fix plans working with even personal trainers. And I don't mean those are negatives. We, I, want, I want people to work with whoever needs, you know, whatever help they can get to get what their goals are. But I kept coming back to this one thing of like, if you don't nail down the fact that you're doing anything you're doing is probably because you want to be happier that you want to live a happy life, a fulfilled life. If, you're, if you forget that, then you go down the rabbit hole of you know, knowing too much about nutrition and getting data gathering and counting your calories or going into the fitness realm of, of you know, pay, you know, pulse and, did, again, data gathering. We sort of get lost in the weeds of things except for when we have a good foundation and, and grounding in our, in our desire to be happy. And when we, we accept that and realize that there's work associated, like you said, then we can manage how we get into any individual thing, how we do diet. Like if you just want to be happy, chances are you're not going to be a yo-yo dieter. Because if you remember you want to be happy, yo-yo dieting has never made anybody happy in the history of mankind, right? And so, or you're not going to beat yourself up in the gym because it doesn't make you happy. So when you have that backdrop, so I kept working with clients going like, remember, and I still you know, tomorrow morning. Remember, you're trying to be happy. Let that dictate your actions. And that's why I realized like, I need a book that's really more in like the self-help realm, as you can see, didn't get into nutrition at all and said, here's the backdrop. Before you do move one, get these ducks in a row and then see how it plays out in your life. Yeah. And there's so much, gosh, there's so much conditioning, like really deep conditioning that's keeping people in misery. Mm-hmm. that is keeping them from joy. And so as you, and I'm sure you've seen that with people that you work with, right? Like it's it's almost like there's this block where they can't let joy in. Like they just have to fight for their limitations. And at this point, that's normal. How do you begin to guide them to get those gates open to realize that there's another perspective that they can be choosing um, in how they look at, you know, just the current things in their life, job, family, relationships that may lead to, you know, some more happiness in the, in the end. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I'm, my primary job is as a small steps coach. So, you know, I run a thing called the small step intensive and that's a private coaching thing. And I also run an online program called small steppers. My mantra over the last year or two has been mind first, body second. What that means is before you do act one into diet or changing your fitness plan or anything else that you do, think first. So the first few weeks of my coaching is like they get nothing in the world done. And sometimes it's frustrating. I go, we're not there yet. I've been quoting Tom Robbins recently who wrote wrote, uh, Jitterbug Perfume. He's one of my favorite authors. And I reread Jitterbug Perfume um, about eight months ago. And he's got this great quote, which I butcher all the time because I'm too lazy to get the actual quote out. But it's something like, prepare your mind for wisdom. And I, I love that. It's like, wait, wait a second. Wait, wait, wait. Before you bring in all the information, just hold on a second. Just hold on. Because if, again, if you don't have those kinds of, if you're not ready for it, then you don't know what to do with it. And that's why like people get so over-informed, over-informed. I've, I've spoken all over the country. I keep talking to people who know so much about nutrition. They're not healthy. 
something's not adding up. And that's because they haven't learned how to manage their stress and learn how to implement what they know and understanding, knowing themselves well enough to know when they know enough to at least begin. So my coaching is, is in a way acting on day one, not in the world, not changing your diet overnight, but defining and really getting to the point of like, do I know what my ideals are? Do I know what I stand for? Do I know what I want in my life? What would ideally have be happening? Okay, now let's start to ease our way into those things at a rate that they understand and that keeps them at a manageable stress level so they can hang with it long enough for those things to become habits. Without that kind of coaching, they go balls to the wall on and everything, change their diet overnight, go see a personal trainer, go to the client, you know, and then they burn out and they wonder why they burnt out. And it's like, because that's not going to make you happy. You know what I mean? So it's this great irony. I was talking to a client last week of, you have to understand that it, momentary discomfort, in other words, not eating the very most beautiful, wonderful tasting food at every given moment is going to make you more uncomfortable and happier at the same time. That's one of life's great ironies. Like not doing the drug is going to make you happier. The drug will make you feel better in the moment, but giving that up and being less comfortable in the moment is actually going to deliver you a happier life, which is about day to day. And that's a tough sell for people, right? Because they want to feel that good right there all the time. And it's never, it's a, usually a recipe for disaster. Well, that's the, uh, the, the book. Oh, BJ's the here. I didn't even realize. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> Damn it, you. Um, Speak when you were spoken to, sir. <laughs> <laughs> I shall be quiet. Go ahead. Go ahead, BJ. Um, Go. I know. Yeah, don't put the muzzle on him when it yeah, comes. Like, I, I love it when you're talking. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, this is the, the constant information and data. Like, you can get yourself right. lost in the books, the podcasts, the, you know, constantly feeding <laughs> the mind. And so, like, the, the running, let's just talk about running aspect of things. You know, I want to be a good runner. And the people are like, well, you know, what kind of shoes do I want? And the mm. watch. And um, I need to read this book, you know, Born to Run, because everybody says I need to read this. And they just get lost down this road of all these things that just keep them from actually doing the thing that's going to make them do what they want to be better at, which is running. And the right. same thing we, we come across with swimming and especially swimming. You can get so caught up in technique and, and, and where things need to be versus like be an active participant in the decision that you're making in the moment to move yourself closer to where you want to be. In this instance, yeah. running, go run. Like the first yeah. step is lace up any shoes that you have or no shoes yes. and go run. If you want right. to eat better, look at the food in your cabinet that you have now and yeah. does it make you feel good and move you towards eating healthy or not. And we just get so caught up in all the data and information and what I love about your book is like you're just like screaming at them, like just <laughs> work, work hard. We're not yeah. screaming because yeah. the guy has a very soothing voice. Who? Oh, you did the audio book? Yeah, yeah. I have a yeah. funny story about that, but Great it's voice. not that funny. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, we just get so caught up in that. And how, how, like, how did we get there? How do we get to this point of like distraction? Marketing, now, you know, there marketing. is very powerful. You know, top ten lists abound. Uh, you know, there's just you know every book you read, even good good books on nutrition, always inevitably have the top ten things you have to eat every single day. Otherwise, you're going to go crazy. But it's not true, you know. And what I coach people to when they've got their mind in check and they've got everything is begin acting. And I'm look, I'm it's not like I'm anti learning, learn. But when you when you have a core understanding of yourself, you'll know when you know enough. Like I said, but also you'll act as you're learning. So. It's not like I'm opposed to researching shoes. Look, I did. I transitioned to barefoot running years ago and I, I, because I read about it. But I, all the while I was running. So your, your coaching is spot on, which is get out the door and 
as you're doing that and beginning the process of action, because that's what builds confidence and self-esteem and happiness, then at, concurrently, as you're moving your body, maybe you start by walking. Like if you've never run, start by walking, move, get out the door barefoot. I don't care. And then keep reading, but then keep learning and adjusting your thing. But all the while you're acting too. It seems to me, or at least the people that come to me or that I you know, come in contact with, we're all about the learning way before we do the acting and you can act on day one. That's hence my small steps approach. Like I always get like, what can you do today starting today? Well, if you look in your closet, like you said, and you see junk food because you've been eating that way for 30 years, the last thing I want to do is take that away from you. That's there for a reason. It makes you have pleasure in the moment. But can you add in something? Can you add in an apple per day? Can you add in a stock of celery per day? Maybe that's your small step. Some people look, they'll change their diets overnight because they have cancer and they're like ready to go. That's their small step. But for some people, it's literally like, look, I'm going to keep that in place. I'm going to add this little thing in. That's an action. That's getting the ball rolling. Then as you're doing that, do a little more research and act. And finally, when you find your balance, because you know who you are, then you're free to live the life you want to live. Yeah, because you're you're tuned in to what it is that you want. You had mentioned that earlier, and um, that's something that sometimes when we ask people, like, what is it that you want? It's like deer in the headlights. It's oh, like yeah. they've never even considered this before, and and perhaps maybe because of some kind of conditioning that knowing what you want um, is selfish. Yes, and I argue good, and it should be, because that's how we're designed. So be the mm. best selfish person you can be. That doesn't, the, the worst selfish person is greed. The, the, the unthinking selfishness is like, I want it all, I, I can I call in the book the Veruca Salt Effect, you know, from Charlie and Chocolate Factory. I want it now. That's a kid's way of looking at the world. An adult selfishness is, look, I'm part of a family, I'm raising a family maybe, I've got friends and family, I'm living a society. So I want to take care of myself that also benefits the world that whole, I call it, in my first book, I call it holistic self-interest. But to give up yourself. I'm working with a client. He's like, I've been putting my back on um, myself on a back burner for years. And it's at the expense of his family. I mean, frankly, it's at the expense. Of, he's realizing that he's like, I can't, I can't that hence raising healthy parents, right? He's like, I've got to take care of myself for the good of me, but also more importantly to him, the good of his kids and his wife, right? So it's, it's, it is, and people have, have the hardest time. Like, what do I want? What is the ideal life? And like I said before, it's marketing because if you look at a before and after photo, you go, that looks good. I'm going to do a diet because I want to get there as fast as I can. But they haven't defined what there is. I've never worked with a client who wants to lose weight and gain it back. They always want to keep it off, in which case, different ballgame altogether. Now you're talking about habit change. You're talking about lifestyle. You're talking about taking your time to do it right for forever. Very different than going on a crash diet. But if they don't have that knowledge, they go to the crash diet because they think that that's what they want. But if they think for five more seconds, they go, wait, that's not what I want. I don't just want a crash diet and gain it back like I've done 30 times. I actually want to keep it off and be a person who is healthy. Totally, totally different ballgame. You say in the book, this, this really stood out to me, that excitement is not happiness. And that was probably I knew that on some level because I see perhaps somebody who is you know, maybe just punching the punching the clock and going through the motions, but then they sign up for a race and they get really excited about yes. it. And it's like this momentary thing. Yeah. And just those four words, excitement is not happiness. Like it doesn't equal happiness is so profound because they're putting all this weight into that sign up, that goal. And it's not going to bring them what because it's outside of them, right? Yeah. And, it, and that excitement is only going to last so long. Right. 
but it's the same excitement about food and excitement. About, and, and look, I'm not anti-excitement. I always want to be clear. Like I love doing things that are exciting. That's why I run races. That's why I started the race that I direct. It's, it's exciting and fun. The question is, what are you going to do when you get home? You know, when that wears off, you know, it's like you have a life to get back to. And that's why I always joke, like my approach is the unsexy, mundane, boring, I'm the boring guy, because I'm trying to help people raise their level of, of happiness day to day in sort of the mundane, boring side of things, just, just how they are with their families, how they are eating most days. Then it gives them a really strong platform to jump off into things that are exciting. I actually argue if you take care of yourself most days, you can do more exciting stuff like run an ultra marathon or a race or a triathlon, you know, whatever, you, you know, like what you guys are doing or even try a diet. I mean, try a new way to, to eat, but you're not doing it because you think it's going to deliver you happiness. You're doing it maybe to learn a new way to eat and maybe uh, start to establish a habit of that. That's fine. But it is always going to come, you always got to come back. And if you look at the really kind of objectively look back at the things like diets and things, I look at those things as drugs. I mean, we're going to those things for the excitement and that's fun. But if, you, if that's your main level of any kind of pleasure in your life, you're not dealing with the underlying issues. You know, you're going to diet after diet because you get that accolades and you feel good for that momentary thing and that's enough to kind of carry you through until it wears off because it will. If you don't deal with the underlying stuff, then you go right back to another diet or whatever that model is for you. And it's rough. It really, really is rough. And it's actually hard. It's hard on your mind and body to do that, to constantly succeed and fail. And it's actually, I think, easier to maintain, but it's just not, uh, you know, a happy life in general, but people just don't have the tools to do it. And so that's why all of us are doing what we do. It's not a, it's not the sexy way, right? It's like, the, it ain't, uh, it ain't. It's a living a good life it's, isn't sexy. It's the Chemex. It's the pouring the water on the coffee and just letting it sit. Yeah. And sit yeah. and wait yeah. and yeah. wait. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And wait yeah. for good yeah. stuff. Yeah, and I will use coffee as any analogy for anything. So that was well, that was well played, sir. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> well played. I'm about to what? do an arrow. I, I roast my own beans. Do you guys know that about me? Oh, I think oh, I've yeah. heard. Oh, you know what? Linda told me that. I Linda was telling me that you were roasting 20, your own beans. Love, I, think I love you, Linda. By the way, I know we love Linda. Linda mm. is our uh, production assistant now. I know she is. When she emailed, I was, Linda Lang is one of my favorite people, literally in the entire world. Like oh. period, period. Us too. She's like um, an angel. No, no, for us. She, she she's literally. She's like otherworldly. No, I love her. Um, so I much. met Anyways. her. I met her picking up my race um, yeah. number. Oh, at my at, race. Yeah, at your yeah. race. Yeah, yeah. And she helped us put our first cookbook out, and oh, then yeah. we put a call out because I we're like buried in the details, and we put this call out on the podcast. And she answered it. Like, again, yeah. just coming back into our, not that she was ever out of our lives, but walking back into our lives at the yeah. exact right moment. And yeah, yeah no, she's, she's one a, of our and favorite she's a talent too. and she's just, she's just super cool. But anyways, um, yeah, and she's volunteered. She's volunteered for like the first three years. She came out with her family. Her brother uh, ran, has run the race. Yeah. yeah Kevin is awesome. Anyways. got to get her back out there. Totally. Yeah. Well, hopefully next. Cross my fingers for 2022. I had to cancel. Yeah, you guys know. I had to cancel yeah. the last two years because of COVID. Stupid COVID. Um, so COVID nineteen yeah. ago. Are we talking about so AeroPress? Because cool. I think you, you think. Oh you yeah. So anyways, that? so I so I've been roasting my beans. Sorry, I got total tan. Oh so yeah. Roasting, so you're roasting your yeah, beans. So I've been, twenty years been roasting my beans, <laughs> and now and now I have a. My, I finally stumbled upon my perfect AeroPress. Have you guys used AeroPress before? No, we have not. Oh, it's insane. I'm I'm like a cult guy around the AeroPress. I love Game it so changer? much. Anyways, huh? Game changer. Kind of. It's a one-off coffee thing that is like yeah. the best. I've had the best cups of coffee in my entire life at my in my own kitchen. Ever. 
period i've been to all sorts of great coffee houses the best one because it's home roasted first of all just to where i want it to be and then the aeropress so i'm about to do a video on my youtube channel about my aeropress method that's how crazy i am <laughs> but it's not bringing you happiness but it's adding to your happiness it's giving me excitement and happiness because <clears throat> uh, right. you're dealing with your underlying <laughs> issues oh totally which is caffeine you know caffeine need oh yeah <laughs> no totally yeah, dealing tackle, with yeah, i solve that problem but that's actually a perfect example like Coffee is something I love, but I manage it. I have two cups, of, two cups a day max in the morning, and I would drink it all day, but then I would not feel good. You know, So that was a thing, because I used to drink more coffee, and then I wasn't sleeping well, and then I got injured when I was running. And so it's like one of these things, like I want to keep it in my life, so I make sure that I don't do it too much. You know, and that, and that's it, people can re- perceive that as restriction. I'm like, no, no, that's a trade. I'm like, look, I'll, I'll do some management here so that I can keep doing this, because I dig it. Right. And so that's the kind of mindset around, you know, what I, what I coach basically. But well, you, but you change that. So it was, most people would say it's all or nothing. Like exactly, I'm not yeah. going to have any coffee or I'm going to have coffee. Like I'm going to drink a shitload of it. The other thing is like, I can sit with it, this feeling of, okay, well, two seems to be enough and I still get what I want, but, but it's not everything, but I don't have to give it up. And you're sitting with that, um, that back and forth and you're understanding how your mind is operating so that you can have it. You can have what you enjoy. Yeah, I mean, I, I always think, I always say all or nothing ends up nothing. You know, yeah. I, I'm so over the, and I, I don't even, I may have said that in the book, I don't remember, um, but, but perfectionism, I deal with that in the book. This idea of, perf, you know, I don't do it because I have to do it perfectly. I go, what, 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 what is perfect? Never making a mistake, so that's inhuman. Like, we make mistakes. So being a perfect human, somehow being a non-human that is a robot, you know? So same thing with all or nothing. It doesn't really work. Um, every, I hate to think everything in moderation except when it comes to ethics. You know, like I, when I speak, sometimes I joke, I go, listen, um, here's something I don't even do in moderation ever. I don't kill people, not even a little bit. You know, like there's certain things ethically, like that, that's all or nothing, I get it. But in terms of behaviors in the world, if it's not crossing ethical lines with you, if you go to this all or nothing kind of perfectionist way of doing, usually it creates inaction or at least failure. Because um, too much, you're holding on too tight, you know, it's going to break. Yeah. Mm, holding on too tight, holding like on too tight, gripping, gripping, gripping. So to diet, life. you know, put willpowering through some diet and start trying, you know, and then boom, just it, it's overwhelming. You can't yeah. do it. So this is a good subject to dive into a bit: detachment, right? Letting go, because when yeah. we try and cling to anything, I mean, think about it. You were just doing like the the physical motion of it, like hanging on. It creates tension, and That's tension right. is not going to equal happiness. So can you speak a little bit about like this art or ability to let go or practice to let go or detach or so that you can open up to maybe some new habits or perspectives that will bring you happiness? Yeah, I mean, I look, I, my bachelor's degree is in philosophy. So it, it, when I went, by the time I went back to learn, you know, to become a nutritionist and, and later the coaching and the running and the breathing and everything, it's always with a backdrop of philosophy because it always comes down for me to the ethic of it, the thinking of it, this idea of um, you know, managing your stress, understanding yourself, self-knowledge, so that if you, if you find yourself getting into overwhelm, you back off. And that, that's when I was just talking to BJ about the, about the idea of all or nothing. Like Backing off can be the most successful thing you ever do, but we are not trained for that in the modern world. No pain, no gain. Got to push forward. Got to push forward. And sometimes it doesn't work. And knowing yourself knows makes you very adept if you take your time with it to know what you can control and what you can't control and trying to control diet a hundred percent i'm gonna eat a hundred percent healthy means you will give up things like social 
issue, you know, social engagements, travel. If, if you can't eat the perfect, you know, people who are afraid to have a drop of oil because it's going to kill them. And I'm, I, I wish that were an exaggeration, but I just had a conversation with a guy and literally he goes, he's SOS, you know, salt, oil, sugar. Mm-hmm. So when I called him, this is at the resort, he wanted to come. I said, listen, we can do that. He goes, well, a little salt or oil, he goes, a little salt or sugar won't kill me. But that didn't apply to oil. You know, he, he thought a little bit of oil would kill him, kill him. I mean, literally kill him. So I, and it's like, talk about getting in the weeds. I said, um, it, you know, look at the, uh, I don't want to talk about the resort too much, but when we, when we use like do our, do the potatoes, the kitchen will do like a very light dusting of spray oil. And I said, listen, per serving of potatoes, like it's negligible calories, like negligible calories of oil. He goes, I don't care about calories. I care about fat. And I was like, that's calories. He, he's so, he'd been to Esselstyn's this and Esselstyn's that and these retreats. And he couldn't even understand the basics. He's so deep in the weeds that he's, that he's so stressed about food. That is holding on too tight. That is trying to control a narrative that you cannot ultimately fully control. And if you try, your health will fail because of that level of stress. And that, that's a tough, again, tough argument was why, we, you know, why I'm passionate about what I do. Because I want to go, you let go, you have more control. And that's the weirdest thing. Let go of these areas because you can't, that's out of your mind, but control these areas and you've got it dialed in. Yeah, because you got to remember all your hard lines. And so we had uh, Rip Esselstyn on and we just had Dr. Goldhammer on. So oil-free, SOS-free. And um, what it brought Oops. to, well, no, <laughs> no. no, that's all I agree with it nutritionally. I yeah. just am watching it in the world freak people out. And make well, that's what crazy. I'm talking about. So we, um, so we started looking, I started looking at the amount of oil I was using. And I was using way, in my perspective, way too much. Like glug, glug, glug on the vegetables Mm -hmm. because I like that. We we read it's a good fat. Yes. All oil is a good fat. No, it's junk food. You know, and I don't eat oil most days, but I don't care if I do sometimes either. And that's sort of like, you know, like, you know, and some of those guys are, they're geniuses and they're great. I've quoted them in my books. My issue with them isn't about knowledge, but sometimes they don't, quite do a good enough job, in my opinion, about setting context and saying, listen, yes, it's ideal if you minimize or if you have heart issues, you know, to be mostly oil-free, but a little bit's not going to kill you. If you're traveling and you're on vacation and you have something that is has a little bit of oil in it, it's, it's going to be okay if all in all you're mostly eating whole plants and not, you know, like there's never a context. It's always like, here's your information. Good luck. And then they go into the world and they got to go to a party on Saturday and they can't go or they bring their food with them and they're the crazy person who brings their food to a party, you know? And so it's, it's like stress inducing. <laughs> yeah. This is, this is exactly what you're talking about with the getting back to the mind, mind first, body second. That's right. Like, mind first, body second. So, you know, I, I'm, I'm plant-based, I'm eating really well now. And then you go and you binge and then you're like, oh my God, I'm totally off it now. You didn't really address the 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 uh, opportunity in the mind to say like, it's okay. Like you can jump yes. right back on. I have... The power of choice to yes, get back always. on, yes, always, and they don't. Yeah. I feel like they are. They forget like, that it's a choice. Yes, they yeah. forget. That, and v- vegans, by the way, I don't. Are you guys are ve- like you're vegan? Yeah. Um, and I don't even use the word that much, but you know, the angry vegan, like the pissed off vegan, the vegan who's walking around getting in people's faces all the time. It's like you chose that in theory to be happier in your life. If you forget that, why would anybody want to do what you're doing if you're walking around pissed off all the time? Yeah. You know, like it's always a choice. Like we talked about before you guys turned the recording on, like I crave McDonald's. I could get McDonald's right now. Nobody is setting the rules for me to not go to McDonald's. I'm 52. I can go there. I have the money to do it and I can go there. I don't because it's a choice and it's not restriction. 
I don't, I don't feel good doing, I wouldn't feel good doing it even though I crave it, right? So to remember that what you do is a choice and that, but that takes effort to create and manage that mindset to always come into your life most of the time, remembering that what you're doing is a choice, then it makes things a lot easier because you're like, this is my choice. I cannot do it also. So if I'm doing it, it's because it makes me feel better. Boom, moving on. And you just yeah. get very good about doing that. Yeah, this gripping is it creates a lot of tension, and um, and so this information. It's like what we all, what I, we always say is like take what resonates and leave the rest. So I got yeah. curious after hearing the oil stuff. I got curious about the salt, oil, and sugar. Mm -hmm. I realized I'm dumping salt on things. Sure. And um, but it also brought awareness to like have a little bit more ownership. Like, are you reading the labels? There's, and I feel like I'm getting plenty of oil in the food that I'm getting, the hummuses, the pestos, yeah. oh, yeah. the things yeah. like that. So I'm like, sure. I don't need the glug, glug, glug in the saute yeah. pan. And it's actually really tasty with vegetable broth. So I don't feel mm -hmm. like I'm depriving myself. I don't feel like um, I've got this hard line. You know, I was just in Costa Rica at the, be at the beginning of April and the food was wonderful. And I know there was oil in it and everything, but yeah. I wasn't, I did not pay attention to any of it. I just enjoyed the food. Yeah, exactly. We, I mean, one thing to consider, and this is just, I'm going to speak as a nutrition nerd, is, is stress weakens mm. digestion. Yes. You know, so if you're super stressed around food, you're, I've, I've worked with people who've come to me for nutrition advice and I go, your diet's pretty darn good. If you're having problems, the level of you with stomach aches and gut issues, address your stress, then address your food. But again, mind first, body second, address your stress and then address your food. And I would say that even for somebody with a bad diet, because if they don't address their stress first, they'll, 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 willpower through a diet change, but then they'll end up failing. And that's why, again, that's the yo-yo dieting thing. It always still, for me, comes down to learn the tools to manage your day-to-day -day stress as best you can. Understand there's going to be peaks or we all have bad days. But in general, on the balance, can you manage your stress so that you're just stressed enough to grow and test yourself and evolve, but not too much and not too little? And you learn to do that, then get into whatever diet you want to do or whatever way to eat you want to eat. But understand the effects of stress on our bodies. Blood pressure, cholesterol, fat around the midsection, weakened digestion. These are issues of chronic stress in the modern world. If you don't address them, food will not be enough to take care of you. Yeah. Digestion is huge. And neither will exercise. If yes, we all just kind of paid attention to what our digestion was, I think um, oh, we yeah. get a lot of information there. There's a lot of information. <laughs> Well, look, I'm I'm a I'm I'm really passionate these days about my oxygen advantage breathing instruction. Like, been coaching people with in this breathing technique, which is very very focused on stimulating the vagus nerve, creating a healthy vagal tone. They call it it's nerdy, but anyways, the vagus nerve. Ninety percent of the information traveling along the vagus nerve comes from the body back up to the brain, including the gut bacteria. So what is the vagus nerve? It's the parasympathetic side of the nervous system, which is the rest and digest side, rest and digest side. So we're in, in the clearly more in the sympathetic realm. We're over breathing. We're breathing like too much and we're not digesting well, you know? So it, it is part of the puzzle of living well is managing. It's the biggest, to me, it's the biggest part. It's like the stress umbrella, I call it. And then within that is exercise and everything else. But you can exercise too much. You guys know that, right? What happens if you go beat yourself up every day for four hours and you're not nutritionally sound and you're not mentally, what's going to happen? Injury or sickness? And certainly digestion is going to fail in that sense too, right? So it's, it, it's that part, of, it's that whole part of that same puzzle. Yeah. Well, how does that breathing, how does that breathing work? Is there, can you give a quick overview of like, no, what no, your no. practice? Is? Oh yeah. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. Yeah, of course. 
No, you got to sign up for his $99. Yeah, yeah, yeah give us just enough. <laughs> give us just enough so that we're curious. <laughs> well, let's, yeah, so, so That's what I'm we do. Go. We have people on and we milk them for their expertise. Yeah, to- totally, totally. No, no, no. I love, I love, I, I will. Okay, so you guys, I have to trust, I have to trust that you will say, Sid, you are being too nerdy right now. You've got to stop. Okay, because I'm going to start talking about this and I'll try to keep my, my response truncated. But you guys lift a finger if I'm just like, oh god, here he goes again. Okay. 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 Do you have a preference so we, on which finger gets lifted? <laughs> yes, I totally do. And okay. you know, we know. I got we you. Know. Yeah, I got uh, you. We're, we're on the same page. Anyways, and so, um, so here's the here's the as much of it in a nutshell as I can do for 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 this breathing technique, or just in general functional breathing in general. CO2, which is the byproduct of exercise and everything, it comes into our bloodstreams, and we exhale it. And as it gets transferred into the lungs, we exhale at CO2. And everyone goes, oh, it's bad, bad. Well, it turns out that CO2 is, a, is the fundamental marker of, it's the trigger that when it allows to come up enough in the bloodstream will trigger the release of oxygen into the tissues. So you can breathe a lot, 20 breaths, you know, nine, I think it's the average American or modern human, nine to 24 breaths a minute. That's too much, by the way. So a lot of oxygen is coming in and we go, well, that's great because we want oxygen. So the oxygen comes in, goes to the lungs, transfers to the bloodstream, attaches to the hemoglobin. But if it's not in the presence of enough CO2, it will stay with the hemoglobin and not get released to the bloodstream. The trick is that we don't want the, we don't care if the oxygen is in the blood, we want it into the tissues. That's where we need it. So the oxygen advantage approach desensitizes your body to CO2. CO2 is also the thing that triggers your, your brain to breathe. So right now in our sympathetic kind of overstressed state at the slightest little bit of rise of CO2, we, we got to breathe. We, we have that breathing. So the work of this, and I do like a month long project process because it takes a while. The work of this is to desensitize your body to see it to the presence of CO2, thereby allowing longer and greater amounts of CO2 to exist in your bloodstream, thereby triggering more release of oxygen into the bloodstream. So with various exercises of holds on the exhale, now I'm I'm a big Wim Hof practitioner. I've been doing it for every day for almost four years, but this is a different, it's, there's crossover, but oxygen advantage is a different ballgame. It just is. Anyways, so you're, I'm teaching people techniques using various breath hold methods and, and always holding on the exhale, transitioning to nasal breathing 100% of times, except for in extreme athletes. Like if you're sprinting, you'll, you'll transition to mouth. Otherwise, breathe in, at the, breathe in through the nose. I've been taping, this is how crazy, I've been taping my mouth shut for the last six months, transitioning to breathing through the nose because for years I was a mouth breather. Transition, my sleep has improved, my pace in my running has improved. I run with my nose 100% now. And Desensitize and at the same time practicing breath holds to desensitize yourself. So it's a, it's a slowing and a lightening of breath. It's very quiet. It's a it's a it's about your your aim is about six breaths per minute. So it's about one breath every ten seconds. About an inhale for about four seconds and a slow exhale for six. And it's that extended exhale that that stimulates the vagus nerve. Again, related to digestion, related to anxiety, related to stress, related to mental health, related to emotions. I mean, it's, it's incredible. It's super cool. You couple that with some good healthy exercise and some healthy food and you've got a really nice package of managing your stress day to day. It really is cool. So did I nerd out too much? No, no not at all. We, we I, love I, that. I love this. I was just talking oh. to, because um, swimming, you know, swimming, you know, running, you're on land, swimming, it, it adds a different yeah, element swimming to things. Swimming is regulated with your breath just because of... But you can you can slow that down a little bit. Yeah. Um, but how do you guys coach on well, that? Well, what we find most often is you know people are coming to us as not swimmers, so to be in that unfamiliar environment, the first thing isn't about how your arm 
enters the water or how you're kicking, it's like, how can you control your breathing? Because the panic and, and shortness of breath is really where the, the anxiety comes from. And then you start to kick harder and then lactic acid builds in the body and then you start to panic yep. and then you yep. grab onto the raft and all that. So backpedal, <laughs> backpedal to the breathing, like before you jump in the pool. Yes, interesting. Work on And you breath. have to breathe through your mouth when you're sw swimming. You have to. So, so, so the coaching for me would be at all other times when you're not swimming, working on doing breath work so that when you're in the pool, you're desensitized to CO2, you can extend. I mean, I'm not a swimming coach. I have no expertise in this, so you correct me if I'm wrong. But are you trying to extend it such that you can take more strokes between breaths? Because it seems to me that would be more efficient or you don't care. That's, I love that. Um, that. That's what you would think. Um, but you want to breathe often because you need fuel to move faster through the water. So if you're yeah, but if you're I'm going to argue only to say this: yeah, yeah. if you're breathing less but more efficient, and you're actually getting more yes. tissue oxygenation yes. based on your ability to exist with more CO2, in that sense, would would it behoove you to extend your breathing because you could get more strokes with the same oxygen? Absolutely. Got it. Okay, so you're, that's sort of end game potentially. Yeah, yes. that's that's not the that, beginning game by yeah, any so means. Like, what is a guy like Michael Phelps like? Do you, how often does he breathe? So how many let's let's um let's distinguish between pool swimming and like open water swimming or triathlon. Swimming, okay, because those then, are different. Okay, then tell me. Yeah, so so Michael Phelps was probably breathing every two or three strokes, and a stroke is just one arm in the water, maybe even four. So four strokes, okay. and then he's breathing because he's okay. got the lung capacity. He's able to. His conditions are are known, like you, you're yep. going to see a black line, you're going to get to the other side, you're going to flip yes, and come yes, back. Yes. Yep. Open water, you've got a lot of things happening. You've got people around Wind, you, waves, you've got the unknown yeah. waves, you've yeah. got a site for the buoy, yeah. um, you're in a wetsuit. So a lot of these factors come into play so that you want, you want more oxygen, you want to you want, you want feed the system, not deprive the system. Mm -hmm. um, but somebody like Michael Phelps, uh, that's what they do in the pool. Like they're, they're controlling their breath. They can probably hold their breath to the other end and back um, Got it. under the water. So in that sense, and, and they're only swimming for a hundred, you know, what, 45 seconds to two minutes. Whereas people in triathlon are going, you know, 30 minutes up to two hours. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah. But, I, but think I, I love that, that concept. I, and I think this goes along with, you know, mind first, because there's a lot of chaos in the mind about the water and yeah. panic. And so... Yeah. Um, that breathing exercises before you get in the pool, like we have our athletes do a series of breath exercises prior to a race start. And they all serve a different purpose. There's a relaxing breath. There's mm -hmm. like a breath of fire that will kind yep, of get yep, their yep. energy up. There's a tense and yep. release, right? Like yep. clean out those deep corners. Um, and then a nice three-part, like nice full breath in, nice controlled breath out. And that's all to kind of prepare kind of all the different angles for what they're about to experience. And of course, like triathlons, at least on the bigger scale, like Ironman scale, have the swim has become much more uh, accessible to people. Like back in the yeah. mass start day, it was like throwing everybody, 2,000 people into a washing machine. Yeah, it was yeah, awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, um, but yeah, if you were, you know, somebody that didn't have that mindset around the fact that all you have to do is turn your head and you'll get a breath, or even if you mm -hmm. get a fist or a mouth of water, you still have another side, you'll get that breath. Got it. So I think the mind, the mindset, it's got to be, the, the mind. mind is first and the body's going to follow. Yeah. Well, and it, when I was saying about the vagus nerve, how 90% of the information comes from the body up to the mind, it means that there's a connection where if you can just simply, if you're stressed about things, leave them. Start to control your breath, slow your breath down, 
get to about six. And what, what you're doing is, in a sense, it's weird, but you're telling your body, I'm not under stress. Then your body sends back to your brain and says, we're not under stress. It's like, it's like reverse physiology. Instead of you trying to address what's stressing you out, I'm worried about the race. I'm worried about, like, what am I going to... You start to control your breath physiologically. Then the body sends it, a message back to the brain. and goes, listen, we're not under stress. We're good. And then it, everything kind of subsides. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's a, like a reverse way of looking at it, but it actually works. It's crazy. I've been doing it for now every day. Um, I have a, actually have an app. It's, I, it's not my app, but I'm not, I'm not connected to it. But it times out this sound, a four second in and a six second out. So in my drive to the resort, to Stanford Inn, every day to and from about 17 minutes of just, and I mean, it takes me about two minutes to get my breath to lighten to where it's light and very quiet. It's all diaphragm. There's no chest breathing. It all goes very deep into the lungs. And by the time I get there, it's like a whole nother it's like a whole nother world. I mean, it really is like an incredible no, thing. And then I, yeah. yeah, and then I find myself breathing this way more throughout the day because where's the habits established, right? So I mean, talk about creating quiet. a better world. Could you imagine people who were walking into their job every day in an yeah, optimized yeah. state of oxygen well, absorption? How, how about how about at home <laughs> after a rough day? Yeah. And walking in the door like that. I talk about the raising healthy parents, like the work I had to do to be the father that I, that I ideally see myself, but just don't pull off day to day. But how to be that guy more often, breath came into that, calming down on my way to work. So on my way home. So when I come in, my phone goes on the counter and I'm with my family. Like that, that work to do was breath was included in that, in that work breathing on the way home so that I walk in the door, uh, the guy I, I want to be. And that's, that's the, that, that is this, I mean, it's, you know, we have control over that. We have control over the way we breathe. That's one thing we can do free, yeah. it's free. Yeah. You know I mean? Everything is a practice, you know, even people who are stuck in negative thought or, or complaining, like that's still a practice. Like they had a practice oh, that becomes... the, there was one complaint and then there was another complaint the, and then they I just, I just, yeah, I just, I've got the online program. I just went on to Slack because there's a Slack group and I just quoted William James, the psychologist. And he goes, I love this quote. He goes, unhappiness comes from the fact that we listen to ourselves rather than talk to ourselves. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We hear the mind chatter. You're negative. You're stupid. You're fucking baby. Instead of going, no, here's who I am. Talking to myself. Consciously talking to myself. That's the mindset. Instead, we listen. And we believe that language because we were told when we were kids that we were this way or that way. And it gets incorporated into our brains. And we just hear that. And we start to identify with that when it could be completely at odds with who we truly are. And so I love that quote because I'm like, that's the, exactly the work I do. And I'm not a psychologist, but that is the defining, it's a conscious definition of who am I? That's the question before you do act one. Who am I? What's my ideal life? That's talking to yourself instead of listening to all that craziness. And we want that to go away, all that mind chatter. It's gonna, I go, don't touch it. Replace it with, with the talk. Replace it with contra, conscious action and talk. And then that stuff just gets quieter and quieter. Yes, just, it does. Because your focus is the invitation. Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah. it's again, simple. Yeah. What were you going to say? Just yeah. the separation. You, you've just created the separation between you're not your thoughts. It's simply That's right. Like it's you like, we, I want to stop thinking of these negative thoughts. I go, good, do something about it. Leave the thoughts alone. They're going to come. But what are you doing in your life? I love when I can help people get this, this response when they say, when they hear the chatter, I'm lazy. If they can say, yeah, but I'm doing something about it then the chatter makes no difference. And if maybe if all they're doing something about right now, I have a client right now who's literally his exercise right now for a whole host of reasons is, five, is a five minute walk per day. But guess what? He's doing something about it. He's do, if he hears, I should be exercising, he can say immediately, but I am, I am, I'm acting. Day one, I'm doing, I'm acting. And he'll, he'll get up, he'll get there, but it's recreating the habit right now. It's five minutes a day. But 
eventually it'll turn into something more, mm-hmm. right? He goes, yeah. I'll never be an ultra ath- athlete. I said, you'd be surprised, brother. I didn't run my first ultra until I was 46. You oh, know? Yeah. And so, yeah. And so you, you never know, you know, and he's been to the race. He's actually, a, he's a local. I'm like working with a local for the first time in a really long time. Oh my God. He's still going to um, do the race. He's got to be. He's still going to do the race. I know. I'm like, you'd be surprised, <laughs> dude. You you never know what's going to happen. So, you never know what yeah. five minutes is going to take you. You, you know, know I've consistently. Seen, I've, seen, I've seen crazy stuff. I've seen yeah. a stock of celery turn into a pretty darn healthy diet over time. I've seen a one minute trampoline, mini trampoline uh, per day turn into walking a half marathon. I've seen stuff, but it takes time. It's not overnight. It's not going to go in People Magazine as an, as, as an overnight, you know, before and after shot. Yeah. It's work. It's hard work. Best work. Yeah, it would be like a, it would be like the worst. No, no, they would never sell it because it would be like fifty nine years. Yeah, and it happens. And just boring shit every day for six years. Wow, I want a piece of that. How can I sign up for that, J Lo? You know, just what? God, People Magazine wouldn't touch it with a ten foot pole. Do you have a um? Do you have a favorite truth in your book, or one that you had a lot of fun writing, or one that you had to like self regulate because you just thought you might explode? Uh, no, I mean, I like them all. I, I think probably the example one, just I always come back to that just because I, I, I think because I'm, get, I'm getting, my wife would say that I'm getting a little crotchety, but um, I, I, I'm so cognizant of, BJ swore first, by the way. I, I laid the groundwork, yeah. <laughs> okay, I just want- I can't, oh, that's awesome. Thank you, okay. BJ. I'm just, okay, so it's okay, right? Please. Anyways, but I'm so, I, so my bullshit detector has gotten so keen you know, like if somebody is not walking the walk, I have, I just have no patience for them. I'm like, go fix whatever. If I perceive that anyways, I could be wrong. But if I'm perceiving somebody as just blah, 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 you guys should do this. And I don't perceive them as actually living what they're talking about. I have just have no interest. It's I'm like, go away. I don't go fix or coach somebody out. Like, I don't want to hear about it. So I'm always, because I work with people help me. You know, so, so, you know, I had to hire a marketing team to help me relaunch small steppers. I looked to them and what they were doing and what I want to know that they're not just talking. I want to know that there's something underneath there. So I think living the example is in parents that I've, you know, that I work with and raising healthy parents, being that example is more powerful than what you say. And it, and it translates more in than what you say. And it's also important what you say, but who you are and are you able, sometimes people go like, how can I be a good coach? I go, take some time before you coach anybody to do it yourself because then you've been through it. And I struggled still with food day to day. I struggle with all the same things that people struggle. I just have, I think, a pretty darn good approach to get it done most days and I'm really productive because of it. But I struggles there. I'm a normal guy with the same struggles. I overeat and I binge and I gain a little weight and I, the whole thing. But I've just kind of managed, done a thing where I can manage most days really, really well. And if I get off the, you know, get off the tracks a little bit, it's not by much. It's like, okay, off the hand again, back, get back on, right? And so it just takes time. But I'm trying, over 50% of my job is making sure that I keep myself healthy and happy. Yeah. Literally, like I look at my coaching, I'm like, every time I go for a run, that is because of the work I do. Every time I eat a good, healthy diet and I'm raising my family and I have a good, I'm addressing my, you know, working for my marriage. It takes, does it take not, does it not take work to maintain a good marriage, right? But we want to hack our diet. Well, it's the same thing. It takes work to engage in your life, to be the person you want to be. And if you don't address those things, they're going to fail. If I don't communicate with my wife, it's not going to be a successful marriage. I've been married 26 years. I have a good marriage because, not because we don't argue, we do. How do we handle it? How do we communicate most days? How do we maintain it day to day, the boring stuff? How do we maintain that? 
It's the same same exact picture. Yeah, yeah, living the demonstration. It's it's that's probably it's the hardest thing. People don't want to. Everyone's willing to you know comment culture. Everyone's willing to tell you what you should do. You know <laughs> you, what you should do with this. What you should do with that is like don't. I don't want to know. I know. I just got an email from a guy who goes, I like your book, but I had some problems with it. But maybe you don't want to hear that because you, you talk about comments in your book and turning off your YouTube comments. And I wrote back, I was like, yeah, you're right. You're right. Oh my God, I, I love that I, guy. He's like, but I really want to comment. you should hear this. He, yes, he, no, he wants it. He wants it. I, can, I go, look, I asked for a, uh, um, input on my book. I went to some friends who I knew would be honest and they, they told me things they liked and didn't like. I used some of their advice, some I did, some I didn't. A couple. But in general, no, I don't care about the general public's comments. I don't read Amazon reviews. I don't, I don't care. If you want to I mean, review, go ahead. I'm sure this hurts me, but I don't care. I want people to either get something from my book or not get something from my book, but learn and then hopefully it enriches them and that would be amazing and they're happier for it. But I'm not out in there going, what do you guys think? You know, like I just, book's out. It's out of my hands. You know, I got nothing. I can't, I can't do anything about it right now. You know, so it was a weird, I, I wrote a very nice email, but I said, respectfully, I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> it was a weird thing. I was like, I don't want your input. I don't care. It doesn't, it's not going to help me. I can't rewrite the book. I'm proud of the book as it is. And I hope that you got, he said it, most of it he really liked, but he had some issues with it. I go, then learn from that. Learn from the issues. What do you don't like? And make that happen in your life and live better for it. Because once you know what you don't like, then you know Boom. what you do, you like. do like. Exactly. Boom. That was in one of the truths. Exactly. Yes. Boom. That's exactly it. And that's what I want people to get from the book. You don't need, don't waste your time commenting. That's why I turned off YouTube comments like a year ago. I was like, I, I don't want to, I, I, think I don't just watch the video. You were sharing with me us or the, love me. the kitty or the kitten, the video of the kitten was, was I think on our first podcast you were talking no, about. No, it was, it was somebody else. It oh, was yeah. uh, Lucho. Like, how can you give a thumbs down for a cute cat video? Like, I, mean, <laughs> I know. <laughs> like, Come what on. kind of person are you? All right, yeah. let's, uh, well, not really switching gears, but kind of. Let's talk about intermittent fasting. You've been playing around with a little bit of that. A few uh, years now. We've been talking about a lot of it. Beej and I have been doing, we've been doing the intermittent fasting for a few years now, but we've started doing like once a week and, you know, again, no hard lines. Like this week, Beej was like, no, I'm like in this build phase yeah. for Iron Man. I don't want to do that. Yeah. Um, yep, yep, yep. But we've been fasting, I've been fasting for 24 Mondays. hours once a week and mm -hmm. I'm loving it. I love yeah. the mind game. I love yes. seeing my habits. Yes. I love seeing yep. the impulses and I love not practice. I love practicing not responding to them. So I want to know yep. your take on it and how you feel. Yeah, well, I didn't. Uh, did you guys see the video? Maybe you did not on intermittent fasting, my take on it. Um, I, have to, I, have two, I have two approaches to intermittent fasting and here they are, physical nutrition and mental nutrition. So what I mean by physical nutrition, of course, is the intermittent fasting I've been doing for a few years. I, I usually about a seven, eight hour window of eating, right? Usually a few days a week, I will go from about a 24 hour, I'll go from dinner to dinner. Like I'll eat dinner and I won't eat again till dinner. You know, that's just kind of, and it, I love, I love those days. I honestly, it's the weirdest thing. I have more energy those days. I know me too. I, I don't know physiologically what's happening, but it's like, so my runs are better. Like I got this, I didn't eat all day yesterday. I had dinner last night, finished eating at seven. Got this morning, went for a run, and it's like effortless, you know. And I and I haven't eaten. I'm just drinking water, and I'll have another cup of coffee, and then I probably won't eat until three or four. You know, it's like it's just it's just kind of working right now. But but I also want to apply intermittent fasting to mental nutrition. In, in other words, what we feed our minds. Social media, which I quit in 2018, but uh, you know, social media, books, news, some good stuff. It, but taking a break from it, you know, not inputting stuff into your head all the time, taking a break from that, letting, so what, what is intermittent fasting is doing, it's allowing your body to do the business 
so that it doesn't so while it's not digesting all the time give it a break from digesting so that it can do the business repair and fighting infection all those kinds of things that's what intermittent fasting is so good you're eating during a window of daytime where your digestion is ready your bacteria is ready for intake of food and you're not eating around those windows so that your body can do the business same thing with the mind input but take your break so that you're processing that nutrition processing that stuff in your mind and i'm a huge i'm just like a huge believer in it. I, I, I am also a believer that healthy diet makes a massive difference. I don't think you can eat whatever you want and just intermittent fasting and be okay. It's not, it's not brain surgery. You still have to feed your body the stuff it needs. But man, does it help you? It, the efficiency of the body goes way up. Otherwise, why would we have more energy with less calories? I know. Right? I feel I mean, so good. That and I'm not trying to, I'm not doing caloric deficit. You're Depri not like I want to be clear. Yeah. Like it, intermittent, yeah, it's not caloric deprivation no. intermittent fasting, but it kind of naturally went there for me a little bit because I was more aware of what I was eating and what I, when, whether I was actually hungry or not. So overall, I am eating less calories, not on purpose. I didn't try to regulate my calories. I'm like I'm eating whatever I want in that eight hour window. But it has it has taking that break allows me to be more in touch with my body. Yeah. And I mean, have you had that same thing? Yeah. Like, I'm like, yeah. my body is going to have to break this down. Like, it's going to yeah. have to, like, figure Jesus. out what the hell this ripple chip is. It's going to have to figure that right. out. So yeah. it, it makes me, it has brought me to a higher level of mindfulness mm -hmm. around my eating. Um, yes. But I love this idea of intermittent fasting mentally. I think that's magic. I love how you brought that to the surface. You know, I do it, I do it pretty much every day, um, you know, usually shut the phone off and stuff around yesterday. It was at four o'clock and it's just like bliss, you know? And I oh, always yeah. say like, well, if something awful is going to happen between 4 p.m. and the next day, like I'd like to be clear and well-rested to receive the news. That's a great way to look at it. And <laughs> by the way, we did exist as a species before mm -hmm. cell phones. You I know. know. Like, I love how everyone can reach us at all times. You know, it's like it did, it did maybe it kind of sucked to not be able to reach somebody in the moment, but it wasn't the end of the world. Yeah, well, you know, we didn't like, know any different, so it just was. Yeah, that's right. Right? Yeah, we so it ta it, again, takes a, guess what? Mind first body. It takes a conscious effort to take a break from, from input yeah. into your head, just like it takes a conscious effort to not feed yourself all from 6 a.m. to 10 p.m., you know, which is not that crazy. People get up at 6, they have eggs and toast or whatever, and then at 10 o'clock, they're, mid. you know, I have clients who, you know, get up at midnight and eat. You know, and, and to sort of get away from it. And then all of a sudden they're eating less because they're not doing the midnight snack, but yet they're getting up in the morning way more rested, way more energized, less yeah. calories. Yeah. Just higher efficiency. So yeah, I'm a I'm a I am a proponent. What do you um, about it. what do you break the fast with? Like what is your what's what's a go to food? Or is it I mean it's probably pretty um, ingrained in you now, but, but what would you recommend people? I'm a huge I'm just been a fruit mm. person for years. Like I love fruit i wish people would eat way more fruit you know so like it's just such an easy thing to digest period so when i break my fat when i the first thing i eat generally in any given day is going to be fruit unless i'm just fasting to dinner in which case i'll have a big huge i one of my big freaking salads that you you know if you saw that video but big freaking <laughs> oh, yeah. salad and then and then you know whatever else we're eating last night we had falafels you know like and, and a big salad um and i hadn't eaten anything during the day um again like for your listeners i'm not I'm not advising anybody to like right now, tomorrow, don't eat anything till dinner. I will say it took me a good six to eight months, probably six months to transition to any kind of intermittent fasting. At that point, it's more like 10 hours, you know, 10 hour window. Don't go overnight. Your body is not, your body, I call it habit hunger. If you've been getting up at 6.30 every morning and having your coffee and having your toast, your 
that you're going to feel hungry at 6.30 tomorrow morning. Your body is used to having that. It knows when to... So it takes a little time. I had a client I finished up with about a month ago. She got into intermittent fasting and she had tried it before, burnt out. Guess what? So we went by 15-minute increments. Didn't touch her dinner time. She ate dinner at the same time. But she went from eating at 7.30 then eating at 7.45. Just 15 minutes for a few days. Then 7.45 to 8. Started at 8. And just took her time. And all of a sudden, she went from 8 to 9 because she's like, I'm not... She, once she broke that little habit, she's like, I'm not even hungry. I just didn't eat till 9. And then she was like in the window almost within like a month. You oh, know, awesome. and it was really cool. How, yeah. how does this work as a family? You know, you're the one who's intermittent fasting. Maybe your kids aren't, your wife isn't, or maybe they are. But how does that... Well, my wife does it now. And I didn't... She just, she just loves it. You know, so she has, again, fruit. Like she'll have fruit around noon, you know, noon or one. And we're done eating by seven. My kids get up and they usually, you know, with school, they're eating by eight. But then we're done eating by seven. They're still in an 11-hour window. I wouldn't... I'm not pushing them into anything, nutri you know, dietary. Like I, I don't want them to have, you know... I don't want them to be militant or restrictive about that kind of or plant-based, but they don't they don't eat 100% healthy either. They have treats and things like that. But um, but yeah, so they, they 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 probably manage, I would say most days, 11 hour, 10 to, 10 to 11 hour window. You know, we just don't eat that late, you know, during the week. Like we, because my wife and I are intermittent fasting, we finish eating by about 6.30 or 7, so do my kids. And so just naturally, they're kind of finishing eating and having a couple hours to digest before they go to bed. So they're, you know, they're still, my twins are 12. They're still sleeping 10, 11 hours a night. My, I have a 17-year-old. She sleeps at least nine to nine to ten hours a night. You know, they, they've always gotten really good, really good hours of sleep in. Nice. Um, all right. So, 2022 Mendocino 50K. Mm. Do you know that BJ signed up and it's going to be his first ultra? You haven't run an ultra. You've run tri. <laughs> you've run Ironman triathlons, but not an ultra. Yeah. I was You're waiting for your race. race. You're going to be his first. It. You're going to be my first. Oh man! You're going to kill it. That's in my heart. That's so excellent. That's I love that. I love that. Unfortunately, we're full. <laughs> no, uh, he's no, already kidding. in it. He's already registered. I know. You get and you get a, you're you're in. Like you're in. I'm getting all I'm getting all everybody who was registered for 2020 is in for 2022 if they want it. Oh my gosh. Um yeah, I was so I really thought 2021 I could do it. I I um but I, frankly it was two things. One, I was a little hesitant because I didn't want to have to I I would follow the county's regulations and 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 I'm Pro science, so I'm like, listen. So we're gonna mask it. That's not that you've been to the race. I didn't want to do the race until I can do the race the way the race is supposed to be. I didn't want to do a half-ass race. I didn't want to do a mask race. I want to do a race where where like everybody can be do the race the way it's intended to be, right? So 2021 was gonna be sort of a truncated kind of spacing people out. And I was like, oh, good lord, it's not fun. I wanted. I love the race is not a money maker for me. It's it's got to be fun for me. Otherwise, I ain't doing it, and period. Like, I'll shut the race down if it ever gets to be not fun. I have no invested anything in it other than pure fun and joy. So it's hard work, but, you know, it takes, mm -hmm. takes hard work to be happy. So anyways, um, but, but the other thing is state parks was like, we're not given permits. So it wasn't even on the table. Yeah. I kept bugging them saying anything, anything, and they're like, nothing. So I finally pulled the plug. I said, okay, 2022. I can't remember what the date is, April 20, April 7th. I think it's the 22nd or something like that. That's, yeah. You, that feels you about right. You would know better than I would. That feels Anyways. about right. <laughs> so, seriously, she knows, I don't even know the date of my race in 20. I, I put it on the website, now I don't remember what it was. But anyways, but yeah, so so it sells out very quickly, you know. So so basically, anybody who has a, 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 a number from 20, 2020 is in, then not everybody's going to want to run it. So there will be some spaces open that I will then open up to the public and there, it might be limited. I have no idea because I keep that number right around 150, 160, no more than that, which is what I, another, another one of the things I love about the race. So I'm just crossing my fingers. I was, I was very 
uh, surprisingly, to me even, depressed when 2020 got canceled. Mm. I was like wandering around my house with like the race hat on. Just, <laughs> it was like, you know, because it's such a fun thing. And I love it so much. And it's, it's, it's stressful, but it's like so exciting. That's the excitement thing. That not having that was just, it was, it was a bummer. Like it really was. It hit me harder than I thought it was going to hit me. This year was not so bad. But the 2020 thing, when I had canceled that race, I was like, oh my God. And I held out for a while. Yeah. I held out and I was like, I think I can do it. I think I could do it. And then it was like the very beginning of COVID because we, you know, March was sort of the beginning and my race was April. So I was like, okay, maybe we can just squeeze we can just do this one. Mm -hmm. yeah, and it just started looking bad. And I was like, no, I can't do it. Not in good conscience, you know. So yeah. 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 And so, it's hard to hold out like that. We had a retreat, a Costa Rica retreat, and we were like, mm. You know, like every day, just having that intention, not hanging on tight, but just like every day holding the intention, yeah. like, yeah. you know, right now we're going to keep moving forward. We're gathering information every day. And then, you know, they close the borders and, you know, it's like uh, you can't well, run a can't race without a permit. Um, right. But I'm feeling good about 2022. I'm, I'm, I think I think yeah. I think we'll be I think we'll be okay. Yeah, I think it'll be okay, and I it it's going to be emotional for me just to have that back because I get I get a lot of returners. Mm. You know, it'll be it'll be the fifth year of the race. Um, I recognize a lot of faces, and uh, and people just come back and they love it so much, and it's such a mellow. You know, it's <sighs> it's it's logistically the, the race I always wanted to run. Like no parking issues, super easy. It's a loop, so you don't have to no shuttle like all that. So just everyone kind of gathers around, and it's just, it's such a it's such a fun coffee and Amazing scones food. and muffins. Oh. From, from Stanford, India. So I get up in the morning. My favorite point is when I say go and everyone runs the thing, I go right to the coffee and, and scones. I'm just like, done. I have, a, I have about a two-hour window before I have to start worrying about anybody. <laughs> or like an hour window before, before the aid station goes, we're missing somebody, you know, whatever. So I have like, like that's my calm time because it's all to that, to that mm -hmm. moment where I say go and I just get a cup of coffee and I sit down and I've just had two hours of sleep, you know, and I just sit down with a cup of coffee and a scone. I'm like, oh. It's like the best. It's the best, so and all of us out there running are are running running scared, waiting for the uh, the burrito bar from the Stanford. I That's mean, right. Oh <sighs> yeah. We by the way, we got whole thing for year five lasagna, mm. garlic bread. We were gonna do a. We had it all lined up mm. for 2020. It was gonna be the fifth year, so it's happening. And we're doing. Uh, I don't have one here, but we're doing. I'm doing hoodies. Mm. What? I'm doing. Oh yeah, hoodie. Super nice hoodie. I have one. Not with the logo, but I had them send me one. It's great. It's a hoodie with a with the logo right on the uh, right sweet on, dude. On the chest oh, I'm psyched. Yeah. yeah, it's a big year. Five is going to be super. I'm fun. fired I'm up. I'm going to start like suppressing some emotions so I can just have a good cry you should with do that. you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You should you should suppress emotions. You'll let it all out on race day. <laughs> Totally. That's what, I say. That's what I'm going to yeah. do. Awesome. Yeah, Sid, so yeah. good to talk with you, buddy. Oh, you guys are great. So great to Thank see you. So you. And um, yeah, we'll see you in April. But uh, everybody needs to read this book. It's like, or do it on audio. It's an hour and 40 minutes, which, you know, I pulled that up and I was like, oh, another reason why I love this guy, an hour and 40 minutes. Like, that's so oh, perfect. Yeah. So the book is in, in sections, as you saw. So you can like grab it couple pages, it's blocked off. Every truth is like in subsections, right? So real quick, do I have time for like a super, just a little story? Please. Okay. Absolutely. So I used to be, you don't know if you know this about me, but in LA, I was a full-time actor for like 10 years. And I was a musician. I had a band. So I, I'm pretty comfortable in, in terms of in front of a microphone and, and just performing and things like that. So the, when the audiobook came up, I was like, oh, cool. Maybe I can read. I have a nice setup here. I have a nice podcast, a professional. And so I talked to the publisher and he said, yeah, they you can... Do what I thought he was going to say, you read your own book, but he was like, yeah, they want an audition tape. So I was like, oh, audition tape. So I did a five-minute reading of my own book and didn't get the part. <laughs> didn't get the part. 
I was like, God damn, that's pretty harsh, right? But it kind of makes sense. Like, I don't, I don't know, whatever. And so anyway, so then I went, oh. And so at first I was like, what? And then they got this total pro. And, I, and they sent me a clip of him. And I was like, we're fine. I just didn't want an, an, an annoying voice, which maybe they thought I was. But they, they told the publisher, they said, we just want it in a studio with a publisher. I mean, with a producer. And with COVID, we're not doing that. Like, we have a guy. He's... He, we know where he is. He's got the setup. We're, we're having him do it. And I was like, I totally get it. And honestly, to do that five-minute clip took a while. It's a lot of pressure to read without any kind of flub. So it took me like 30 minutes to put that five together. So on, on one hand, I was also like, if I get this, this is going to be like a week of work, you know? So anyways, so I didn't get the part to read my own book. I love so that. I That's actually right haven't heard there. the audio book. Oh, it's good. Oh, he it's does so a really good, good job. Yeah. Yeah, good. But, I feel like I've heard his voice before too. He's know, done a bunch he's, of he's done a bunch of work. That's the thing. He yeah. They, yeah. they gave me his name, and I was like, oh, he's done many, many books. So I was yeah. totally yeah. okay with it. Yeah, that's right up there with getting fired from Domino's. It's a little bit like getting fired from Domino's. <laughs> yeah, from Journey, from my manager. <laughs> Journey. Journey, from my manager. I know, Journey. I know. Oh Bar- man, Journey Bartek. I'm not going to protect his name. Journey Bartek. <laughs> if you're out there, this is what you did. You made it into you my book. You made me awesome. You made it into my book. Yeah. Oh my God. I love it. Love you, buddy. Thank you so much. I love you guys too. I hope to see you in April. Thanks for having me. Oh, you will. Hell or high water. All right, cool. All right, peace.